three, two, one. Hello, everybody. My name is Lenore Swiston, and I'm the host of Civically Speaking on CFCR.ca 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. And with me today, I have two guests that have been on this show, Wendy in particular, many times as a regular panel member, Wendy Cooper. Welcome back, Wendy. Thank you. And Eric Westberg, who has joined us for a few shows over the last while. So welcome back, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much to the two of you for joining me in this special year-end show. So literally anything and everything goes during this segment. Um, and it's about, I know, hey, we're, bo- we're all kind of going, what are we going to talk about? You know what? I don't know. And I don't have a list of anything in front of me. I'm going by a wing and a prayer here on the fact that this is pre-recorded and it's more around kind of top of mind about what is coming kind of to the front of your mind in terms of what you're reflecting on as we go through one of the most kind of interesting years that we have, 2020. So Eric, I'm going to throw it to you to start us off wherever you want to in terms of reflections back on 2020. And just one other note before we go there, we'll reflect back and then at some point I will ask you to, so you can think about this, about where we might be going in 2021. So Eric, with that, I'm going to throw it out to you. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, for those who haven't met me, um, I'm a city planner and I lived uh, in Saskatoon from March 2014 to September 2018. Uh, worked for the city as a senior city planner. Um, so I'm always making comparisons in my head uh, and I'm back in Vancouver now, you know, for a time. Um, so I'm making comparisons in my head between you know, Vancouver and Saskatoon constantly and the businesses I used to frequent and stuff. And so I'm thinking during COVID, where would a better place be, you know, Vancouver versus Saskatoon? And my answer is Saskatoon um, because Vancouver, the whole social fabric of this city uh, before COVID uh, has been steadily being ripped apart by the global real estate market. And if you imagine businesses like Ebbs, being, being uh, bankrupt, um, long-time businesses. Imagine the Roxy Theater being demolished, new condos going up. That's what Vancouver's like. And so the whole social fabric is, is being torn apart. And Saskatoon has strong cohesion. You know, the stats about volunteerism in Saskatoon, about neighborliness. And so I'm jealous of... Um, all the fundamentals that Saskatoon has and how much better equipped it must be during COVID than Vancouver. That's really interesting. Okay. So, so you're figuring it's better off to be in Saskatoon right now or having been during 2020. What's, I mean, we're, 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 we're talking about, a really extraordinary year on a number of different in a number of different ways. We had, you know, locally we had municipal elections across Saskatchewan. We had a provincial election here and in a couple of other provinces across the country. We had, you know, the big the big COVID thing, of course, has been the the umbrella um, that's kind of you know over us and orbiting around us now as we kind of see some sort of window into a next phase of vaccination and all the rest. 
When we think about those things, Wendy, what kind of stood, what's, what has stood out for you as a reflection in 2020? I think one of the things that stuck out for me is that we, as a city, I found that people were a lot more willing to, to adhere to some of the, the things to do with COVID, some of the restrictions, and they were fine. But it became much more so, like, taken more seriously when they knew someone. And we it were just very personal, right? So as soon as you know someone or you're connected somehow, then all of a sudden you really saw everybody upping their game. And this year has been really interesting in seeing how people have started to, to uh, look beyond their small community and see what's happening globally and, um, and seeing that, yeah, this can happen here. So it's, it's been a really interesting shift because we've always been more local in our, in our thinking. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. what I've noticed. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I mean, COVID is front and center, right? Like in a lot of the things that we all talk about and think about, there's always this kind of horizon of COVID-19. Um, Eric, over to you in terms of what you mentioned to begin with, kind of you know, juxtapositioning Vancouver to Saskatoon and um, some of the uh, notions around social cohesion and then you know, layering in with that COVID. Some thoughts as you heard Wendy. Yeah, I guess, um, so Saskatoon's a very uh, family-centric town. Um, Vancouver, city of Vancouver itself, which is, I don't know, 700,000 people. It's, it's one piece of the metro. That's like 2.5 million or something. Um, I think 29% of all households in the city of Vancouver are single-person households. So there's a ton of... Uh, loneliness, and there's been reports going back to 2012, I think, on this Vancouver Foundation. Loneliness, social disconnect, uh, a lot of foreign students here who are just, they're just on their own. Um, uh, so, yeah, so there's a lot more need, probably, of people who are disconnected that need to be connected in through different social programs and things, senior centers, etc. So, um, yeah, so that's one thing that makes us less resilient, I think, here. Um, and there's so much churn here. Like Saskatoon, there's not nearly as much churn, which that's a good and bad thing. Uh, but Vancouver, there's so much churn. There's so many people leaving. The, uh, they have their second baby, and they need more space, and they, they bail out of Vancouver for Comox, Nanaimo, uh, Hamilton. So, yeah, how do you build a resilient city out of that churn and everything? Hmm. Wendy, building on that, any thoughts? Um, we, we may not have people leaving the city per se, but we do have this shift in neighborhoods and some are far more transitional. And um, like I have a relative and they're, they're on their third, fourth house now and they haven't even been married a decade yet. So it, it's just interesting how we are we don't want to leave right because we like all the conveniences of Saskatoon but very few people are actually settled and can say yeah I'm halfway through my mortgage or I'm whatever because you know we're, it's uh we're still kind of restless as hmm. really isn't it interesting the kind of conversation we're having is we're year-end reflecting right it's kind of like 
Yeah, there, it, you almost have to scramble for something to really deep dive into, right? Because it's kind of been like one for me. 2020, as I reflect on it, has been like one extra long day with a whole bunch of different seasons and things that have happened in this extra long day. You know, and it's had all of these activities. It's like that one show that had Keeper Sutherland in it, where I think it was like, you know, shot like an hour a day or something like that over 24 hours and it went over seasons. I kind of feel like that's what 2020 will be. You know, I think for myself is that it's it's demonstrated that we can be an introverted world and do things in an introverted way, whereas the textbooks and the self-help books were all about how to be an introvert in an extrovert world. Well, this was the introvert year. So, you know, for those that really need to be in and amongst people and rubbing elbows on dance floors and community halls and in meetings and all that sort of stuff, this would be an extra tough year, especially as we go into um, the end of 2020 um, with most, with a lot of provinces locked down, meaning that you're not supposed to be outside of your little bubble, you know, to connect with others. And, and if so, then at a very large distance and outside. So I find that really interesting. I think politically, I found it really interesting because for me, what it demonstrated was that if you need to change things quickly, you can, um, in terms of policy and programs and shifts like that. So I thought that's really interesting to observe kind of at a, at a state level and a local level too, if you want to change things, you can. And I think at a personal level is, I, I agree, Wendy is, is kind of seeing, I'll say patience and gratitude, you know, that I think people have really honed into some patience and some gratitude for the most part. We've seen some pretty silly news with the anti-maskers and all that sort of stuff. And that's, that's there. There's no doubt there's that presence, but I do see that there's a lot of um, thoughtfulness in a sense that maybe, maybe we were so out of touch that 2020 is a way of resetting. So as I kind of say all that, Eric, over to you, as I see you guys kind of nodding your heads. Well, I've got I've got a theme I want to run past you here. It's about yeah. civic engagement, and again, it's mm -hmm. the whole Vancouver versus Saskatoon thing. So, um, Vancouver has a, a long history of really strong civic engagement. Um, so, the most famous time probably was 1972. Uh, people protested in large numbers to stop a freeway being built through Chinatown. You know, Jane Jacobs kind of thing. Uh, they ousted the mayor, brought in a new council. Um, in the 90s, I remember um, critical mass bike rides modeled on Portland, and they, they took over the Lionsgate Bridge, which goes out of downtown through Stanley Park. It's the main route to the ferries to Vancouver Island. It's the main route to get to Whistler. And they, they shut that down, uh, half the bridge, on Friday evenings at 7, right after rush hour, with a critical mass ride. Um, and then three years ago, and, and bike, um, bike infrastructure did come from that over time. Um, three or so years ago um, in Burnaby, huge demolition of three-story old um, lower rent uh, apartments and skyscrapers being built. And people took over city council. They occupied the chamber of city council in Burnaby multiple occasions to, to try and force the issue. So... Um, compare that to Saskatoon and I know in Saskatoon, you know, what gets people out on the streets? 
So lots of activism around national scale issues in Saskatoon. Um, but is there that same activism about civic issues? Um, last, last time we had a civic petition of any strength was actually on the south downtown with about 6,000 signatures that we presented to City Hall with packed chambers where they had to change the fire hall regulations from that point forward over looking for a master planning process that I was a part of and many oh, wow. others. Yeah. So that's like 2004 or ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I know yeah. there's a referendum on the casino downtown. It ended up Which at was 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a long time. Um, yeah, 2003, yeah. So when I was there, you, you could get people out in large numbers, uh, like to watch the traffic bridge demolition on a Sunday morning. Um, people have a huge appetite to get out and be together in the Rick Mercer snowball fight. Um, and there was a very dedicated team that tried to save the traffic bridge. Uh, I even went to one of their meetings. Uh, when I came out for my job interview, I was just visiting, went out to their meeting at Louis uh, Pub. But is there a civic engagement gap? Like where are the numbers of people in the streets and really engaged and going to the ramparts? Um, you know, I thought with Kathy Watt's death that uh, there'd be maybe a critical mass ride or something, that, that that would be, you know, immediate kind of thing. The weather was still okay. It could have been done with social distancing, but people are worn down. They're disillusioned. The, the voter turnout in the civic election was, was awful. Um, there's signs of this extreme level of disengagement, and it's beyond COVID, I think. Like, it's, it was there prior to COVID. So, it's interesting. No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah. So, and so, where's the passion? Like in Vancouver, we had people at the Burnaby City Council, passionate, have to be removed by security uh, two, three years ago by the dozens. So, where's the passion in Saskatoon for civic engagement? You might be speaking to something where, when those of us that have spoken out, it's not an easy journey sometimes when you have spoken out in this city. You know, so that may have something to do with it. You don't necessarily end up in the champion corner. You end up in the in the corner where it's maybe not as as valued in that sense. There is a hope, though. I will news alert as of today. Um, but brought forward as a notice of motion, Wendy. I don't know if you'd heard this, but our newest councillor, um, David Curtin, had put forward a notice of motion that went to um, being accepted as a motion today. I don't know the outcome because I missed that part of the meeting. I caught the end of it, actually. Um, but I saw a little quick thing in the agenda of it, so I'll have to text David um, and ask him. But he had put forward a motion to create a task force to improve the way that we civically engage in Saskatoon. And so that's a motion that he brought forward that a task force be created and that members of the public, media and council and then be part of it. So I hope I hope that goes somewhere because I think he's tapped into when he was knocking on doors. I know he said that is that there is a disengagement between the public and what goes on at City Hall. So, Wendy, any thoughts on what you just heard? Um, yeah, like I think a lot of people don't really feel they have a voice anymore. You know, when we had Sean Shaw here back in the day and he got people going on the bike lanes and everything else and they organized a lot of stuff. And some of those people are kind of missing, right? Like the ones that wanted to be more civically engaged. And I think we're going to have to start bringing that up 
with within people and trying to inspire people to do that because we did we lost some of the people who were who were very um engaged that way in the last few years so yeah my circle has shrunk both due to moving and also due to passing away sadly to say yeah. you know with yeah. with jordan and with joe kutka and georgie davies you know there's a lot of my colleagues that we uh try to, you know, keep the portals open. So, you know, some of us are still here, <laughs> you know, trying to do our thing in a number of different paths, you know, civic engagement being the whole theme of the show, indeed, to bring in, you know, the everyday folks into making a difference and having that conversation. But Eric, you've tapped into something. But I want to go to Vancouver, though, like, you know, at the start, though, you also said that you see a bit of disengagement in Vancouver, in a sense. So I'm kind of hearing both from you. So tell me more about how you reconcile that. Yeah, I guess, um, well, I guess with Burnaby, you had a very defined, uh, just south of Metrotown, um, province's biggest mall. So you had a very geographically defined uh, group of people who were being demovicted. And, and so you, you had a defined problem in a defined geography. So maybe that helped. Um, whereas, yeah, you've got people who aren't staying here for long periods of time. They're here for university. So they're not going to, and university now, and I've heard this from authority from, from recent grads, it's totally different from when I went to UBC for my undergrad. Like there's, you know, there aren't clubs. People aren't into clubs anymore. They're not into demonstrating on campus um, you know when I was there there was Tiananmen Square right so big demonstrations they're they're hunkered down their their student debt their course loads their jobs their parental expectations from overseas so they're not joining things right so there's a lot less to work with um, uh, yeah so the activism shows up in a piecemeal basis like Strathcona neighborhood on the edge of downtown this neighborhood was willing to withhold their property tax payments in September because the crime was so bad there and they felt not enough was being done. They were going to actually have a property tax revolt. So you're seeing like defined geographies and activism there, but um, citywide, I don't know if it's um, there. You're seeing some of it on heritage, like save the heritage building. Um, on certain proposals, like down by the uh, waterfront station, there's a massive proposal. People are united against that. Um, but yeah, it's very specific. And here, we like, I mean, we've got an issue right now, and I can say this, you know, as chair of the Municipal Heritage Advisory Committee around a proposed skyscraper and on the on a lot of Knox United Church, which is right alongside the lot of St. John's, you know, Anglican Cathedral. And it's really interesting, um, you know, the timing of this um, notice of motion was to go in today. Um, it will come back to a public hearing in January, you know, in the midst of a COVID. So, you know, for people to rally up and even understand the issues is, is complex because nobody's against seeing a development even a modern building so it's being mythologized in the paper but it's around how a building would be best placed in order to create the best um, protection for the current um, buildings and sites that are there and so taking the learnings from as you said from the vancouver's of the world the torontos of the world that has done a bunch of really good policy around that to prevent 
having harm done to a site and a building. So it's really interesting. Like we think we've evolved, but we still go back to these, it's got to be a good guy and a bad guy. And there's got to be some sort of issue. And I I hope we evolve after COVID times, you know, maybe we can use this as the pivot for actually having more of a thoughtful deep dive into issues so that we can fully understand it. And as the MHAC chair, all we asked for was before they go forward, can we please just sit down and have the conversation? That's all we're asking for so that we can actually learn and understand and make the best kind of opportunities forward. But even that's tough. It's a tough world, you know, in that way. Even with so, the safe, the, like Miwasan has that approving um, layer they, there within a certain radius of and, the river. And they haven't even been reached out to in the process. So that's the interesting thing I asked is, as MHAC chair. And even though it's in the buffer zone, not in their immediate zone. And again, it takes a community to understand how that all works, right? So those in the tent, you know, as some um, folks have studied for their master's thesis and and and, and uh, such have found is like, you know, when you're in the tent, you may there may be some understanding of this, but when you're out of it, you may not have that understanding. So you don't know and what you don't know, you don't know, you know, and so you don't know what the effect is that you can have. So we've got some further expansion there. I want to ask you this, though, you know, in the last kind of five minutes of our of our show today, where do we need to go, guys? When you're here, when we're reflecting on what we just said, because the focus of today's show and our reflections became about engagement, you know, so in 2021, as we kind of in the post-Trump era, at least of him physically being there as president, you know, so that's that's another reflection in the, um, you know, now that we have a bit of a path, we know where we're going to be as a municipality over the next four years with the current council and also provincially in Saskatchewan. Same with BC, that's you know it has their path now planned in some in some parts of it, anyways. Where do you see us going, guys, in 2021? Big question, but what's top of mind? What's the first thing that came to your mind, Wendy? Um, one of the things that came to mind for me was that we have a very personal understanding now of mm-hmm. how we affect other things, right? Um, the stories we tell the life choices that we make all those things we just thought we were going our own way but now we're seeing kind of this ripple effect right you had a a really colorful president and the little comments that he would make had a huge ripple effect you know and so i think now we're looking at it and going you know i saw an effect when i started speaking out about certain things or when I challenge people to actually listen to the news or whatever. And, you know, there's a, or the people who will listen to science over rumor and, and how that's evolved for people. Like even working with the kids that I do now, their, their answer for stuff isn't, Oh, well I heard it's yeah, but science, you know, and they're seeing the importance of it. And I think the, I think we're walking into a new era where we're going to really judge things by how true it is mm-hmm. as opposed to what we heard. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good reflection. Eric, building on that. Well, I think Saskatchewan is at kind of a fork in the road um, in terms of provincial leadership. Um, 
the previous premier had had huge popularity, had political capital to spend, um, and not just worry about the base. Right, base was just fine, um, but the, that political capital really wasn't spent. It just sat there. And uh, this premier has that same massive political capital ability to lead, not worry about the base is fine, right? But for three years, it's all been Ottawa bashing. And if you look back at Tommy Douglas, who took office in uh, July 1944, in the midst of World War II, uh, he came to the job with the um, Regina Manifesto, the CCF Manifesto, with things like um, universal health care. He came to the plate with ideas and he initiated those independent of Ottawa. So he didn't just stand there in Ottawa bash for years on end ad nauseum. He had ideas and he ran with them. And he was, um, a quote I have from a book here is, he was ideologically flexible. You know, he wanted to do total nationalization. He didn't do that. He, he did a mix of things. He, he adapted on the fly. So will we see that at the provincial level? Will we see, okay, enough Ottawa bashing. Let's, let's have some of our own ideas. Let's run with them and uh, let's be flexible. Will we see that or not? Yeah, that's interesting, right? I mean, what's also interesting though is ideologically he's parked within a, within a party that's been there for a long time now. And so will they have it within themselves to be able to pivot to see some newness or do they just continue down a path of, of what it is? And in, and in the midst of that, is there a path then for another party or an emerging party as Wendy and I and others have talked about on the show. And I think Eric, you too, kind of at our, um, when we were kind of reflecting on this through the municipal election, or is there another path there? It'd be interesting to see kind of what happens. Guys, we got a minute left here, if you can believe it. So I know, doesn't time go fast when you're having fun on radio? So, you know, in these last kind of 30, you know, 20 seconds each, what's a message you want to share as we head into the last kind of bits of, of 2020? Wendy? I think we just go in with everything guns a-blazing. Like, let's just take what we know, run with it, be true to who we are and, you know, try and build up things around us and within us as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, for you, 20 seconds. Um, I went to a book launch a couple of months ago. Uh, Seth Klein uh, has a new book out. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but it's about World War II and all that Canada did. And look at what Saskatchewan did. All the air training schools, all of the province, all those little runways, um, all the jobs, all the economic impact. So there's a ton we can do that we did during World War II. We can do that again. There you go. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. I wish you all the best towards the end of 2020 and going into 2021. So happy new year to you both. Um, and uh, may we have a, a year of renewal, safe health and of peace. So take care, guys. There's, there's the end bell. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in to Civically Speaking. I'm your host, Lenora Swiston, and with me today was Eric Westberg and Wendy Cooper. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Happy New Year, everybody, um, from Lenore and Civically Speaking and all the crew. Um, all the best in 2021. Take care, everyone. See you in the new year. <laughs>